As a part of Celebration Sunday, we uh, use an opportunity like this to hear from each of our pastoral ministry staff. And uh, I am thankful for each one and uh, the reporting that they have done on paper, but more importantly, uh, the conversations and the life together that we do as a ministry team. But I'm going to give an opportunity for each of our pastoral team to uh, bring a report. Uh, some of their reports are included in your packet that you should have received this morning as you walked in. If you didn't receive one of those, you can slip out and go grab one. Uh, but the reports are, are given to you for information, as well as uh, the budget uh, at the end of your report. It is an information item for us as a church family uh, to have transparency together and to know uh, that we are asking and believing God for great things in our ministry life. And I want to give an opportunity for each of our pastoral team to just give an audible report. Some of them might read their report. Uh, you don't have a report in your packet from Pastor Bob because he's going to deliver it. And then we're going to give you a copy of it at the end of the service uh, if you would like to add it to your packet uh, that way. But first, I'm going to ask Pastor John. I'm going to come back here uh, to him and give him the microphone. Pastor John is our visitation pastor, serves our church as our visitation pastor. Would you hear from him? My wife and I would like to thank the church for the privilege of being able to still minister. It's hard to believe that it's 16 years since we retired and thought we retired <laughs> and how quickly it has passed. I do thank the Lord for the Wesleyan Church here at Hyde. There was one time when I was a teenager and I was here and started out from this church and uh, it was hard to believe that I would still be ministering at this time. Now I'm one of the oldest in the church. But it's been a privilege to be able to minister and to be able to teach many of the books of the Bible in these 16 years and also to be able to visit many of the elderly people. One of the hardest things in this job is that many of them that you visit they pass away. And this year, there's a number of them that passed away. And it's hard whenever you've learned to uh, appreciate them and love them and then that they're gone. But it's been a real privilege to be able to work uh, at this time in ministering to the elderly. And we do thank the Lord for it. If you're thankful for Pastor John and Naomi, let them know. Amen. Pastor Loretta serves as our assimilation pastor. That's a fancy title for bugging people. <laughs> pastor Loretta is a gem and uh, has a report to give to us. How many here can read? Good. Yeah. So you can read the report that I've written. <laughs> I want to take this time to thank all of you that have stepped up to serve as ushers, as greeters, as those that write notes, that send cards, that care and love, and show that care and love to the people that have the courage to step into this church for the first time. And it takes courage to walk into a church today. It's not a normal part of our society's way of living. 
So I think we need to recognize those people that had the courage to come to church for the first time. And I thank you for making them feel welcomed. This coming year, we want to try and find new ways to make our arms be welcoming and our hands and feet be of more service. And here's to the year ahead. Thank you, Pastor Loretta. She's going to say it, that I went out of sequence, so I'm going to say it before she gets to. She was, she was supposed to go second, but now she's going third. Pastor Angel. Do I get to sit, too? No. Oh. You have to go up front. Oh. <laughs> Tells me what to do. I was hoping I'd be able to not get up here, too. <laughs> so I am the children's director of the church, and I thank each and every one of you for letting me serve in this capacity, because it is my greatest pleasure. I have so much fun doing it, and it is my greatest joy every week and every day that I get to do something for this church, for God, for his glory, and for his kingdom. Um, for our, the children's program here, we, um, I'm going to kind of go in the order of what it is in your handout. Um, we have Kid Blast, and last week I reported on that, and we have 22 volunteers that do that, and we have 50 kids on average, and the dinner that we have each week or each month for the families to come in had an average of 12 people that volunteered to help cook and serve and um, just love on our kids. And so that ministry continues, and it is such a fun time. And like I said last week, Wednesdays are now over for us until September, and the first Wednesday I'm always like, whew. I don't have to go in. And now this Wednesday is the second Wednesday, and so I'll be sad and bored, bored and not know what to do with myself. So we're looking forward to, to September and, um, and having that kick up again. Um, we also have Harvest Fest every year, and we had, um, I can't remember the number, it's in, the, in there, but so many people come out from the community and just get loved on and have these little touch points that we can plant seeds with people. Um, Sean Tischler was the DJ this year and Sarah did the pictures as always. No, you didn't, Bob did them this year. See, I don't know what I'm doing up here. Why does he make me do this? <laughs> Sarah usually does them. She did them for the Christmas, so it's out there. I'll give her kudos now. Um, the girls group that Crystal and Jojo lead, they do the games every year and they did do the games this year. Um, <laughs> And we have Harvest pre-set up and tear down, and we just are so thankful to this church family that the prayers and the donations and the volunteers, that, that outreach is the whole church. The whole church does it. Then we had the open house with Santa, and this year we changed up. Usually we have a movie, but this year we changed it to an open house. And we had lots of volunteers come in, and we had people in the community show up, and um, we had people that here specifically to talk to others, and we had Santa come for the kids, and Sarah did the pictures, and they were wonderful. Um, and so we had, this again was the whole church, because we had cookies and um, prayers going up for all those people that we were gonna be touching. Um, the Christmas play, that's a big deal for the church, and Miss April was the um, director with Miss Jess. They were co-directors this year, and we had 353 people show up 
to see that play. So that's not just for the church, it's, for, it's an outreach as well because I know that people have invited their families to come that don't know Jesus and they get to see that through the kids. So that was an awesome thing. Fam Jam was our third year. This will be our fourth year for Fam Jam. Um, 117 people were in this building. We had multiple families enjoy the good time, the food. Miss Cindy does this, the food. Um, we had games and a message, and it, it will go on again this year, and we're so excited. Scott Muirhead has um, accepted the position of leading the games and emceeing, so we are excited for that change this year. It's going to be awesome. Um, the family camp out. Not everyone participates in the family camp, camp out, but I want to tell you there was 80 people that showed up for the family camp out. And we had um, Jason Gill cook the breakfast and the Satisons came and helped serve and it was an amazing fun time. So I encourage you that's gonna happen again this year. I encourage you to come out for that. Even if you don't have a camper, the one year my tent was so small, it actually was behind a chair. People couldn't see it. So don't think you have to have a big camper, or a big um, tent to enjoy that time. Um, the one thing we did start new this year, which is awesome, is Shannon Gill had it in her heart that the sixth and seventh graders needed somewhere to go. And so her and Christina Tischler are co-running that class. And it happens during service every week. And they are dedicated to that. And I don't get to talk to them very often because I'm usually in the kids' room, so I don't get to touch base with them. But I get to touch base with the kids. And those kids are thriving in that class. And so it is an amazing thing that we get to do in this church, to just continue to invest in these kids that are our church. So thank you again for letting me be the children's director. Thank you for investing in these kids and praying for these kids and just loving on them and making them feel important because they are important. And it is not me, it is God, and it is you because you know what? This whole church invests in them. So thank you. Well, it's kind of a bittersweet moment, I guess, to stand here today. I'm just going to read my report as I wrote it. It says, well, here we are. May 6th has arrived. I told Pastor Steven that I feel like I'm stumbling, staggering to the finish line. I haven't been here for the last two weeks. I thought I had two more sermons to preach, thought I would could leave with a call to arms, so to speak. I did say last year, as we announced all of this transition, that it would be my ideal to just quietly fade away. And maybe God took me up on that literally. <laughs> but I do thank you for your prayers over these past two weeks. And uh, as I said earlier, I guess I was more sick than I realized. In the fall of this year, Hyde Wesleyan will celebrate 90 years of ministry in our community. I'm the 11th pastor to have pastored here. And as I complete this 33rd year of ministry as lead pastor, I've pastored over one third of the life of this church. How does one sum up 33 years of life? We have laughed and we have cried. We've celebrated and we've mourned. 
We have dreamed and we've prayed and God has allowed us to realize many of our dreams together. This week I sat down and reread the history of the Hyde Wesleyan Church as it was recorded 40 years ago at the 50th celebration of the anniversary in 1978. And the thing that struck me as I read it, and I know that it was just the perspective of the those who wrote it at the time, but what was considered the high mark for each of those pastors in ministry before me. Here's some of what were the high marks of their ministry as recorded in that history. One built the church in Parsonage. Another city water was put in. Extensive repairs to the building. Another built an addition to the church. Another, a garage was built. The church was rewired. And new pews were installed. The tile ceiling was installed. Aluminum siding was put on. And as I read it, I thought, what will my ministry be known for? And I know the history books will say that Bob Croft led the church in relocating and building the new facility. But I hope that it will also tell of the over a dozen that have been called into ministry from our church family. Of the thousands of dollars we have promised this year that will put us over the two million mark in giving to missions over the last 20 years. Of the 56 mission trips that have exposed over 400 people from our church and our district to God's heart for the world. And most of all, the many, many who have seen God transform their lives and their families as the gospel has taken root in their lives. It has been the highest privilege and greatest joy for Cindy and I to have answered the call 33 years ago to come and serve as the pastor of the Hyde Wesleyan Church. I thank God for allowing us to raise our family in Clearfield and in this church. As the son and grandson of missionaries, I guess I have the desire to travel in my blood. And God has allowed me to lead mission trips from York, PA, to South Dakota, to China, to Swaziland, from the Czech Republic to Haiti and Ghana and beyond. I'm thankful that God has allowed me to have my mother and father serve alongside of us these past 15 years. They have given me much to strive for in my ministry, and they've shown me what it's like to finish well. I'm thankful for those that God has called and brought alongside of me to serve through the years. For Doug and Karen Roan, Dave and Melinda Finley, Richard Cox, Lisa McCann, and in these more recent years, Devin and Jessica Sheets, Loretta Fullington, Angel Scribe, Anna Jury. And I must say a special thanks to Verlee McCracken, who has kept the office running for the past 15 years. I could not have asked for a better secretary than she. 
She has made the load as a pastor so much easier so many times. Thanks for Lee from the bottom of my heart. I don't know where she's at. Where's she at? Thanks for Lee. I'm sure God has a rich reward for your faithfulness. I thank God for these ones that he's brought alongside of me through the years. They have each made me a better leader. They have stretched me. They have kept me on track. They have nudged me out of my comfort zone so that we could be more effective in reaching our community for Christ. One of the highlights of our week, I think, is our staff meeting. We have a lot of fun, we laugh a lot, we pray. And I thank God for the people he's allowed me to work with in ministry. It has been a joy to work with them. I'm also thankful for this congregation that has been willing to risk change through the years. Change for the chance of better reaching our community for Christ. Sometimes that change has been hard, Sometimes it's been painful, but you have always been willing to follow, and I pray that you will never lose that attitude. I may not have been the greatest preacher in the world. I certainly have not been the greatest administrator, but there's one thing I hope I'll be remembered for, and that is that I love people. I've loved you, and I've loved your families, and I hope that I've reflected God's love for you. Finally, I'm most thankful for the wonderful lady God has allowed me to make this journey with. Cindy has been a model of what a spouse in ministry should be. She's the epitome of what it is to be a servant leader. Much of the ministry has of her ministry has been done quietly behind the scenes, known only to a handful. But I want you to know that if I have accomplished anything in these past 33 years, it has only been because of her love and her faithfulness and the beauty of her spirit. Thanks, Cindy. And finally, I guess as a preacher, I can say finally more than once. I thank God for finding a way to use a shy, backward young man who had so many fears and shortcomings and still does, but was willing to surrender his life and his future into the hands of God. God is good and he's faithful, and it's been and continues to be my deepest privilege to be his servant. And so on the sixth day of May 2018, I commend you into the leadership of Pastor Stevan. I truly believe that God has brought him to us for such a time as this. It has been my joy, first of all, to have him as a friend, 
and to work with him these past four years preparing for this day. I thank you for opening your hearts to his leadership. And my prayer is that the best days of the Hyde Wesleyan Church lay right before us. I want to say one more thing. I thank the local board of administration and Pastor Steven for allowing me to continue. Many people have congratulated me on retiring. Well, according to, I guess, paperwork, I'm still to put in 40 hours, so... But to continue on as assistant pastor, it's really my dream job. However, it will only work if you and I make it work. Pastor Steven, from this moment on, is my pastor. And I commit myself to pray for him, to encourage him, to support him in everything that he does and to submit to his leadership. If I am to continue here, then you must join me in this commitment. If you at any time, and I said this before, but I say it again, if you at any time, in any way, come to me in any way trying to undermine his leadership, that's a vote for me to leave. I hope that you will allow me the joy of staying and continuing doing life with you. Thank you, Hyde Wesleyan Church. It's been a fantastic run. Pastor Bob. Thank you. I would like to do one more thing. You may be seated. I'd like for Pastor Steven and Jesse to come, Jessica to come and Cindy to come. And I'd just like to have a prayer over them as we make this transition. Will you bow with me in prayer? Father God, we stand here in this pivotal moment in the life of our church. We look back and we see over and over the hand of God in your faithfulness. It's hard to imagine back 33 years ago and all the struggles of those early years. But you have been faithful. You've been faithful to us individually, and you've been faithful to this congregation. It's been a joy to work in your vineyard. And Lord, as we make this transition, and as Pastor Steven and Jessica assume the leadership here at Hyde, I pray that your blessing would be upon them in a palatable way. That they would wake up every day knowing that they are doing your work knowing that you are in charge, knowing that you are leading. I pray, dear Lord, for this congregation that they will wrap their arms around them and love them even more than they have loved us. I pray, dear Lord, that you will give him wisdom 
And most of all, I just pray that you will give him a heart for these people, that he will love them with your love, that they will know that he loves them. And I pray, dear Lord, that these people will accept his love and his leadership and that you will bless us in this community. May, dear Lord, indeed, these days before us be the best days ever for the church here in Clearfield. And so, Lord, I just pray your blessing upon Stephen, upon Jessica. I pray you will anoint him with your spirit, fill him with your love, and may he be obedient in all you tell him to do. I ask in the holy name of Jesus, amen. Let's eat. <laughs> I hope you'll allow me some flexibility for my report and our scripture study this morning. I want to offer us two exclamations and a question from Romans chapter 11. Romans chapter 11, verse 33 says this in God's holy word. Oh, how great are God's riches in wisdom and knowledge. How impossible it is for us to understand his decisions and his ways. For who can know the Lord's thoughts? Who, can, who knows enough to give him advice? And who has given him so much that he needs to pay it back? For everything comes from him, verse 36, and exists by his power and is intended for his glory. All glory to him forever. Amen. The first exclamation I want to resound with the Apostle Paul, the author of this book of Romans, is how great is our God. Verse 33 again, oh, how great are God's riches and wisdom and knowledge. I say, amen, amen, amen. If you're breathing this morning, even if you're labored in your breathing, you have reason to exclaim, how great is our God. Psalm 150 reminds us, praise the Lord, praise God in his sanctuary, praise him in his mighty heaven, praise him for his mighty works, praise his unequaled greatness, praise him with a blast of the ram's horn, praise him with the lyre and harp, praise him with the tambourine and dancing, praise him with strings and flutes, praise him with the clash of cymbals, praise him with loud clanging cymbals, let everything that breathes 
sing praises to the Lord. Praise the Lord. On this celebration Sunday, our reporting, our reading together, our looking together at the past year does this. It signifies our desire to praise the Lord. And our scorecards are included in our reports. The numbers and statistics that we report every year on behalf of our our district as one of the churches in Western Pennsylvania district, we report these numbers. They're numeric numbers. They're a part of the scorecard that we keep together all through the year. And let me tell you, they're frustrating sometimes to put together. That's a lot of work that goes into those reports from each person that's involved. Numerically, God is blessing our church. We see it in our midst. Financially, God continues to provide all uh, that is needed in our midst. And although we didn't collect our full faith promise amount this past year, we still were able to give over $87,000 to mission as the Hyde Wesleyan Church. We should also be thankful and praise the Lord that even in a year where our income was less than our expenses overall, he has provided all that is needed. We were able to use some of our savings because God has made a way. There were numerous unforeseen maintenance issues that were a part of church life this year. Who knew? A building that's almost 15 years old, lots of things could start going wrong. But God has made a plan. God has given all the provisions. He has a perfect plan, and his plan is perfect Everything we need is provided by God. That's the second statement I want you to get from me this morning. How amazing is God's plan? Verses 33 to 35 say how impossible it is for us to understand his decisions and his ways. For who can know the Lord's thoughts? Who knows enough to give him advice? Who has given him so much that he needs to pay it back? Maybe you've heard it said that if you want to make God laugh, tell God your plans. Can we all be grateful this morning that God is God and we're not? That his plans are above ours, his way, the way he set things into motion are so much better. The prophet Isaiah echoes this reality in Isaiah 55. It's an often memorized passage of scripture. It says, my thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, the Lord says. My ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways. My thoughts higher than your thoughts. I want you to hear from me as your new lead pastor this morning that I stand before you a testimony, a living testimony of God's amazing plan. I want you to go on a journey with me just for a few moments, hopefully just a few moments. I might get stuck. A journey with me along Stevens' timeline. God's plan for Stevens' life starts July 24th, 1979, where I was born to the Reverend Paul and Sally Sheets in Easton, Maryland. I was born into a family with a two-and-a-half-year-old sister, Stacia, Look at that cute baby picture. We were a beautiful family. Oh, you can go ahead. 
Look at that family. I'm the one in the middle. (laughs) Two years later, my little sister Sherilyn was born into our family, and not long after that, right after I finished kindergarten, we moved from Easton, Maryland, to Macon, Georgia, where my Macon, Georgia, where my dad was a part of a church plant. We moved to Macon, Georgia, and began. I began first grade at Hepzibah Children's Home, not because my parents kicked me out, <laughs> but because my mom was a teacher there. In the fall of 1986, only a year later, we moved from Macon, Georgia to Rochester, New York, and I began the second grade. This is where I most often refer to my growing up, second through ninth grade in upstate New York. Check out those glasses. <sighs> if God can use that kid. On September 11th, 1988, as a nine-year-old, I entered into Silver Stadium in Rochester, New York for a Billy Graham crusade. And even though I was raised in the church, raised by a family of believers, raised by people who taught me all things about God, I knew I needed to make a personal decision to surrender my life fully to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And I went forward as a nine-year-old. I'm sure my parents walked with me to make sure I'd be safe. On June 23rd, I grew up In 1990, I grew up in ways I didn't know I needed to with the passing of my older sister, Stacia, when she was just 12. It changed some things in our family for sure. After I finished the ninth grade, our family left again upstate New York and Rochester and moved to Mayo, South Carolina. Yes, a place exists called Mayo, South Carolina. The summer of 1993, we moved from Rochester to Mayo, and I became a 10th grader in a high school almost as small as the graduating class I was leaving. December 1994, at a Wesleyan Youth Convention in Cincinnati, Ohio, I heard God's call on my life in a way I knew I had to respond to, to enter into the willingness to surrender to vocational ministry. All my life, people had told me, you're going to be a pastor like your dad. You're going to be a pastor like your grandpa. And I kept saying, no, I'm not. That December in 94, I know God called me into ministry. I didn't know exactly what it would look like. In June of 1997, I graduated from high school. Some of you are checking your timelines and thinking, I got married before that. I graduated from high school and went off to Indiana Wesleyan University. I moved from Mayo, South Carolina to Marion, Indiana. In April of 2002, I graduated from Indiana Wesleyan with a degree in Christian ministries. Very proud moment in my life and in my family's life. Right after graduation, I moved to headquarters in Indianapolis and soon after that moved to my first church in Warsaw, Indiana, the Warsaw Wesleyan Church, just an hour north of Indianapolis. In September of 2002, I became the youth and young adult pastor of the Warsaw Wesleyan Church. Only a month later, I went on my first date, October of 2002, my first date with Jessica Marie Garrett. You may have heard of her. Those kids dated for a year. In October 2003, she said yes to my question of asking her to be my wife. In June 
On June 5th, 2004, Jessica and I were married there at the Warsaw Wesleyan Church. Just two months later, in August, I was ordained as a Wesleyan pastor in the Indiana North District, and two years after that, Ella Marie Sheets arrived on the scene and changed our lives again, forever. At the age of one, we packed up our small family from Warsaw, Indiana, and we moved to McWanago, Wisconsin, just outside of Milwaukee, and I was on staff as the youth pastor at Our Savior's Wesleyan Church, and our family began to grow. In October of 2008, we moved again, this time to the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, to New Stanton, where I was on staff at the Armbrust Wesleyan Church, new church, new ministry. As we were packing and moving our family, we found out we were pregnant again. And on May 28, 2009, Ezra Paul Sheets, in all his glory, entered this world, and our family grew again. Again, at age one for Ezra, age three for Ella, we moved from New Stanton, Pennsylvania to Shippensburg, where I accepted the role of lead pastor, solo pastor at the Shippensburg First Wesleyan Church. A unique transition for us, having been on staff and now moving into the lead role. I was my own secretary at that church. I was the lawnmower at that church. I was the pastor at that church. It was while we were there in Shippensburg in October 2012, I went on uh, my first mission trip to Swaziland, a small country in southern Africa, led by a district pastor friend of mine, Bob Croft. You may have heard of him. While in Swaziland, I began to watch Pastor Bob interacting and leading that charge, leading that team and I followed everything he did. Look at this next slide of Pastor Bob with the kids. I learned from him. Watch this. Look at this. Go ahead, next. <laughs> Evidently, it's not a good picture. Can I have it? I forgive you. We'll talk later. I'm in so much trouble just for joking like that. Here we go. Pastor Bob. Yeah, will you take control again? Pastor Bob showed me the ropes in Swaziland, and I learned some things on that trip that I will never forget. And I began to watch him and learn how to minister together. Here's my attempt, next picture, of being like Pastor Bob. <laughs> While on that trip, too, I met a, a weirdo from Hyde Wesleyan Church named Roger. You may have heard of him. Here's a Roger. We became fast friends. While we were still in Shippensburg, leading in that small church, things were tough, but our family was together. Our kids continued to grow at Shippensburg First Wesleyan Church. They were part of the ministry team. Go ahead, Jess. The kids were a part of that team. They were a, a part of uh, us doing ministry together. Go to the next one. It's one of my favorites. 
kids grew up there in Shippensburg, and we served together as a family. In 2014, specifically in March, late March, the 28th through the 30th, our district does a pastor's and spouse's retreat. And Jess and I left Shippensburg First Wesleyan Church for that weekend, and we traveled together to Lewisburg, and we went to be a part of this retreat. I had some roles and leadership on that retreat committee, and Dr. Jim Lowe, one of my favorite professors from my time at Indiana Wesleyan University, was our speaker that weekend, and he spoke specifically on the reminder to us as pastoral families that God has called us to serve him. He taught us some interesting things in Jess and I left that retreat and we drove home together and we stopped for our last supper before we got back to the kids. And we had a conversation that specific night that we knew God called us to Shippensburg and he was going to have to do something unique in our church life. We were struggling financially, numerically, and he was going to have to do something in our personal life if he wanted us to do something different. I was admitting to her I wanted to be done at Shippensburg, but God called us there and would have to, he would have to initiate something for us if he would call us to something different. The next day, literally, we shared this with you, Literally, the next day, our family is out feeding ducks, walking with my in-laws, enjoying the sunshine of that April 1st day, and Pastor Bob called me on April Fool's Day (laughs) and began to share his heart. His youth pastor and children's pastor had just resigned, and I thought he was just being cordial and letting me know, because they were friends of mine. And he said, I, I'd like for you to come be on staff with me. I was honored. I was unsure. Jess and I began to pray about it. We prayed right there at the park that day that God would do something. And I told Bob before I hung up with him that I'd need to pray about it for a few weeks, of course, do the right pastoral thing. And I called him back the next day and said, we got to talk. On April 3rd, Pastor Bob came down to Shippensburg. He left here in Clearfield, drove down to us, and spent all afternoon and evening at our kitchen table, just pouring his heart out. We talked. We prayed. We cried. And on July 16, 2014, our family packed up a U-Haul van, and we headed north to Clearfield to become your assistant pastor, the pastor of leadership development here at Hyde West St. Church. July 20th was our first Sunday here as the pastor of leadership development, and we were welcomed in typical Hyde fashion. Good cake and food. <laughs> and I want to tell you, we, we dug in. We dug in here at Hyde West St. Church. We Got the kids enrolled in school. Look how young Ella is going into the third grade. Look how young Kira is in this picture. Ezra started kindergarten. They developed new friends, new connections here. So did we as adults. Here they are in the church lobby. Our kids have grown up so much here at Hyde in these four years. 
Ella was baptized in 2015. Ezra was baptized a year later in 2016. Our family has continued to serve together in the capacity God has allowed us. And then on October 22nd, last year, 2017, Pastor Bob and I sat up here on this stage and poured our hearts out to you. And at the close of that service, you voted. And you voted overwhelmingly positive to ask me to consider becoming your next lead pastor of the Hyde Wesleyan Church. And at the close of that service, I humbly accepted that initial call, effective May the 6th, 2018. And here we are. What an amazing plan in just my little old life. God has initiated, orchestrated, and allowed. Here we are. I guess it's official. Pastor Bob and I joked for weeks. I kept telling him, something's going to happen on the 6th, right? Like the lights are going to change, or something is going to dawn on me, or I'm going to dress up better. Here we are, and I declare those two statements again. How amazing is our God? And wow, how amazing is his plan? But I said I had two statements, two exclamations, and a question. And here's the question. How will we continue to? Glorify him. Look at verse 36 again. It says this, for everything comes from him. Everything exists by his power and is intended for his glory. All glory to him forever. Amen. I have some ideas on how we're going to glorify him together. First, uh, we're going to do it together as a team. I've had the privilege. I'm not coming in uh, to this role or to this church uh, unassuming. I've had the privilege of working together with an incredible team of people, and I want to talk to them real quick in front of all of you. Verly, where'd you go? There you are. As Pastor Bob mentioned in his report, you are much more than a secretary. Thank you for your friendship. Thank you for your diligence. You are are an integral part of the ministry of Hyde Wesleyan Church. Hannah, you disappeared. There you are. You're supposed to sit right there. (laughs) I'm impressed. You continue to stretch and learn personally. Thank you for helping us in more ways than the title administrative assistant can describe. You are also a co-laborer, a minister with us, and I'm thankful for you. Pastor John, I'm so thankful for your wisdom and your willingness. Thank you for praying for me. Your role as visitation pastor is one that doesn't receive a lot of attention or appreciation, but please know that I am ever thankful for your consistency with Miss Naomi to love this church. 
Pastor Loretta, I'm most thankful for your flip phone. <laughs> I didn't write that down. I'm most thankful for your quick and quiet wit. You do more behind the scenes than I do in front of the scenes. Again, your role and involvement as assimilation pastor, the ways you continue to uniquely put puzzle pieces together for this church family, I cannot say enough gratitude. Thank you for serving the Lord. Pastor Angel. Is she here? Is she hiding? Who's pointing? She's where? Slacker. (laughs) We've been alluding for a couple of weeks, but it's truly official. Angel is a Wesleyan pastor. She's completed her credits, her classes, to be officially licensed as a Wesleyan pastor and continuing to pursue full ordination. I am so thankful, first, for the call that God has placed on Angel's heart. It really is a continued privilege to serve alongside her, to watch God continue to call her to pastoral ministry. I appreciate Angel's servant's heart and her willingness to stick to whatever God has planned. I thank Angel for making things work here at Hyde and the huge heart she has for families. I am excited to continue to serve alongside her as our family ministries pastor. Pastor Bob, I told you when you called me four years ago that I never imagined having an opportunity to serve alongside you as your assistant pastor. It wasn't in my brain. It wasn't in my current knowledge. I was truly humbled to even be considered for the role of serving alongside you. And you must hear from me that I continue to be overwhelmed, overwhelmingly humbled at the reality that you were the first to see in me the potential to fill the role of lead pastor here at Hyde Wesleyan Church. Thank you, first, for your friendship. Thank you for your faithful stewardship. Thank you for loving me and my family. Thank you, as the 12th pastor of the Hyde Wesleyan Church, thank you for your faithful leadership here as our lead pastor these 33 years. I admit, I cannot fill your shoes. I won't try to. I am so thankful that we will continue to serve together as a team. To be leading with you as we serve this church is a humble privilege. As we serve our community in the kingdom of God, it will be together. I already don't know what we're going to do while you're on sabbatical in the coming months of this church year. How else are we going to glorify God? We're going to glorify God together as the Sheets family. To my family, to my kids, I'm so proud of them. As I was putting pictures together, just watching them grow up in ministry life and recounting how God has transitioned our family, I want you to hear, and they'll hear, 
that I promise to continue to try to be a better daddy today than I was yesterday and tomorrow than I am today. Thank you to my Ella and Ezra for forgiving me when I'm not that great in the role of daddy. And Jess, I won't do this without you. Thank you for loving me more than anyone else on earth. Thank you for believing in me, for cheering me on, for letting me be me. Thank you for putting Christ first in our family. I'm proud of you. I love you. How else will we glorify the Lord? We're going to do it together, church family at Hyde Wesleyan Church. This is Christ's church. This is not my church. This isn't your church exclusively. This is the church of Jesus Christ. He has a plan for us as a part of his plan. He has a purpose. He has all the provisions. And I hope, like me, you are honored, maybe even excitedly terrified, to be along as a part of his perfect plan. For years, we've been living out three words that we've put before uh, this church family, love, grow, and be. Uh, We've been stating those words. We put it on our logo. It's on our letterhead. It's a part of who we are. It's in our stickers. It's in our language. We've been taught to love God with all our heart, soul, and mind, to love our neighbors as ourselves. We are to love. We've been taught to grow. That the life of a Christian is a continual walk. That we must grow more and more like Jesus, sanctified daily by his grace alone. We've been taught that we are the literal hands and feet of Jesus. We are to be. We've got his work to do. Because we have been transformed, we have a response. Amen? Amen? Love, grow, be, must continue to be who we are and why we do what we do. And this morning, I think to continue to glorify God in all that we are as a church family, in everything we have, we need to put to action these reminders. For love, let's be seekers. Let's seek first together his kingdom. Let's also seek after the lost, those far from God. As people who love, we should be seeking to be the brightest light that we can be in this community. We need to reflect that hound of heaven that we've talked about recently that seeks tirelessly to infiltrate even the hardest of hearts with the transformational grace that he alone offers. We must be seekers, finding lost people and bringing them to the light. As we grow, let us also be known as equippers, 
As disciples who are growing together to be more like Jesus, what better attribute must we develop than to be disciples who make other disciples? Jesus called his initial disciples to be fishers of men. That is still what he's calling you and me to be as well. We must. We must be equipped to do so. We must be equipped personally, and we must, as the church, equip others to continue this act of multiplication in making more and better disciples. One of the practical realities that we already get at Hyde Wesleyan Church, but we're gonna continue to emphasize more and more, is to emphasize the reality that no disciple is too young to be a disciple maker. We believe that the church, as the body of Christ, is made up of all of us. In the area of being the hands and feet of Jesus, be, we must also be senders. As the hands and feet of Jesus, part of the work we must be is of making the use of every opportunity to be on mission as individuals and as a community. We must continue to be a sending body, sending resources, sending people, sending the gospel into the nooks and crannies of our community into the world. We have the best news And we mustn't neglect the opportunity to send it out into the world. And so I'm asking, with our eyes fixed on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, I believe that we as Hyde Wesleyan Church must continue to love, grow, and be by seeking, equipping, and sending. I believe in my heart that God has been using the Hyde Wesleyan Church these past 90 years we've been established to be ready for his continued plan to be evidenced and lived out in real ways through this church family. Again, I know he has a plan. His plan is perfect and he will provide all that is needed to see it through. I hope you'll pray with and for me. I'm gonna ask you in just a moment to pray for our team. And I hope too you'll pray about how God is asking you to be on mission. As a part of the Hyde Wesleyan Church, he has brought you here to be used will you? We need you. I need you. We need each other. This is a family, and we need his leading in all things. I'm going to ask the staff, the ministry staff of the Hyde Wesleyan Church to come forward. I want you just to come up here. Actually, we're all going to go to Pastor John and Loretta because they're already right there. And I'm going to ask the rest of you to stand with me I'm going to ask you to stand, and uh, we're going to talk about elections in just a second, but I don't want to pass up this opportunity. Would you all stand? Pastor Bob, would you come this way? Miss Cindy, Jess, would you come this way? We're going to stand over here as a team, and I'm going to ask some of you who are in the vicinity to lay hands on this team, and I want to pray that God would lead in a powerful way in our midst. If you're around here, would you pray with us? 
God, you are good. You're worthy of our praise. You are mighty, strong, and wise. And we thank you for your plan. We thank you for your provision. And we ask that you would lead, that you would guide every step we take, every decision we make together, and that your will would be done. On earth, as it is in heaven, We do pray for daily nutrients from your word. We pray for your Holy Spirit to be at the center of all we do and say. Lord, I pray for us as a church family that we would continue to celebrate well your provisions, your plan, your ability. And Lord, again, I pray that you would find us faithful in stewarding all the resources you have entrusted into this body to be on mission for you. Help us to seek, to equip, to trust you in all that you have. In Jesus' name I pray. God's people said, amen. 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 You may be seated just for a second. By your ballots, you have elected the following individuals. Richard Ogden, church treasurer. Crystal Weiser, local church secretary. Steve Albert, Suzanne Muirhead, and Sam Scribe to members at large. Jeremy Farr to trustee. Lori Croft, Joyce Eckes, Betsy Hubler, and Bonnie Weiser to delegates for district conference. We're also asking those two delegates who were not elected to serve as alternates should one of these not be able to attend our conference. We thank the Lord for those who he has called to serve in this church family in leadership. I hope you'll continue to pray for them. Would you stand? Just a quick reminder to those who were just elected, we are gonna have a meeting so that we don't have to help with chairs. (laughs) That's not why we're having a meeting, but it works. We're gonna have a meeting very quickly in classroom eight, thank you. Classroom eight uh, to uh, uh, formalize this this process and to uh, take care of some of that initial business. Uh, The rest of us, would you please, I hope you have plans to stick around to continue to celebrate like we do very well with food. Uh, There is some pulled pork. There's a wonderful opportunity to fellowship here, but we need your help to flip this location into Food Central, okay? Uh, So please find someone that knows, uh, looks like they know what they're doing uh, and, uh, and help them. We're gonna break down these chairs and move them around tables. We could really use your help so that we can eat as fast as quickly, as efficiently as we can. Let's pray. Would you bow your heads? Lord, thank you for this day. 
Thank you for all that you have done in our midst, all that you are providing. We praise you, God, for who you are. You are so worthy of our praise. Would you bless now this time of fellowship? Would you use this time to solidify in our hearts your plan and your provisions? Thank you for all that have prepared dishes and unique items for us to enjoy together. Would you bless this time of fellowship, we ask? Would you lead us through all that this day holds? In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said again, amen. Amen. And amen. If you would like a copy of Pastor Bob's uh, written report that he delivered uh, to us, it is available up here on the front row. I'm going to put them up here on the stage. We hope you'll take a copy.